I do remember the last time I preached, there was a barbecue. <laughs> I don't know if it's a coincidence. So maybe next time I get invited to preach, that means there might be another barbecue. Who knows? Hopefully you're doing well. We had a lot of fun on Friday nights. Whoever wasn't here, you did miss out. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. You did miss out. It was great. We spent roughly around two hours until 9.30 asking um, some really tough questions. I, I do have to admit, they were very um, deep questions that requires a lot of thinking and searching of the scripture to, to kind of get a good understanding of them. But before we start, I would like us to pray and then we get into God's word. Lord, we thank you that you bring all of us here together and we enjoy worshiping and loving you together as a congregation. I just pray, Lord God, that you bless us today, that you touch our hearts. You bring a lot of conviction and encouragement to us, Lord, as we leave this place to be more closer to you, Lord God, to have a deeper love and understanding of who you are. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I would like to speak today about new creation. And we often go to, for example, Revelations chapter 21, verse 1. And we, we, we see this verse, um, and this is what John is speaking. He's saying, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also there were no more sea. So speaking about what you are living here at the moment will one day perish. It's not going to be here forever. This earth, this heaven will go away. And that's why I really want to speak about the new creation. But there is a bit of a twist to it. Um, otherwise, if I'm going to speak about the future events, you might think, well, that's a bit of a tease. You know, you're telling us about how good things can be in the future. And we are obviously waiting for those days. But there is something special about God's new creation. And that's something we're going to discuss. But unfortunately, before we get to that new creation, um, there's a lot of trouble along the way. There is, as we see in 2 Peter chapter 3, this is what he says in verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as the thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fragrant heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. It's interesting because it goes along the lines of what we are going through in Ecclesiastics, right? Everything in this world will go away. There is no purpose to it, right? Day in and day out, we're doing the same thing. The sun is rising. The sun is setting down. And we feel like sometimes we're chasing after the wind, which is what the Bible speaks about. That's why we're looking for something that is unique, something that is coming from God himself, something that we will be able to hold on to and something that will not perish. That is why we're looking for a new creation. Now, I'm not here to talk about the future. I want to talk about today. 
What do we have in God that is new? What do we have in God that is eternal? If we go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, and this is what Paul is saying. He's saying, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. This is the same language that John uses for the new earth and the new heaven. He sees the, uh, the old earth passing away, the old heaven passing away. And behold, God is creating something new. So God's new creation is you. For today, it's you. Before we look forward to the new heaven and the new earth, God decided to create you to be new. How amazing is that? If you look at the Genesis account in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2, God creates the heaven and the earth first. He creates everything in it and prepares that world. And what does he do in day 6? He creates man and woman last. In the new creation of God, we see God's first fruit of his creation is to be us. He creates us before he creates the new heaven and the new earth. Now, why am I preaching about this today? The reason why I'm preaching about this today is because we often look at the end of the book of Revelation. We're like, ah, when can I get there, Lord? When can I experience your new creation? But what Paul is saying here in 2 Corinthians 5, he's saying, guess what? You are already experiencing the new creation. You yourself are a new creation. And I like how Paul puts it in 2 Corinthians 5. He's saying he is. The person that is in Christ, he is a new creation. Not you will be a new creation. You are a new creation. So the, the attitude and those feelings that we have towards the new earth, the new heaven, why don't we have that same mindset when it comes to what God has created in us that is new? So that's why I like to encourage you to not miss out on what God is doing in your life today in Christ. And I know it's hard to comprehend these things. Because we feel like there is so much pressure in life. There's so many problems in life. And I don't feel like a new creation. It's tough. I wake up grumpy sometimes. I might be worried. I might be anxious. And it doesn't feel like that's something I'm going to be experiencing in the new heavens and the new earth. And I understand that. But then... Who's choosing to live that lifestyle? It's ourselves. We choose whether to act upon God's new creation that's within us, or we choose 
to go back to the old self that is in us. When God created something new in us, we're still living in this flesh. That means that there is two, two things in our lives. There's the old creation that's been tainted by sin. And there is a new creation that's been given by Christ to us through his death and his resurrection. So having this foundation, what does the world want to do to you? Since the world is passing away, who does it want to drag? Wants to drag you down with it. Let's look at 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 to 16. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. The world is passing away, but the person that's doing the will of God abides forever. It's a dying world that you're living in. And when you put it into perspective that you yourself is the only new creation in this universe, everything in this universe is dying, is decaying, and you're the only one that's going to get away. The world doesn't want that. The devil doesn't want that. It wants to drag you down with it. So what does it do? It appeals to your old creation, to your flesh. It's saying, don't think with the mind of the spirit. Go back to the mind of the flesh. See the world the way we see it. Come join us. Have our own perspective. But John is saying, do not love the world or anything in it. Because the love of the Father cannot be in us if we have a desire for this world. So I'm encouraging you today, guys. Think in the mind of the Spirit. Think with the newness of the life that God has placed in you. Don't go back to the old man that is corrupt and dying. And I want to share a passage on that a bit later on. If we are a new creation, we need to have a desire to live a new life. It's not that we have to live a new life. It's something that we need to, to desire, to know why God wants us to live a new life. If you look at um, Romans chapter 6, verse 1 to 10, I know it's a long passage, but um, Paul is making an important point for us as Christians. He's saying, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? We recognize that we have the grace of God, that we have been forgiven of our sins, and we're no longer standing guilty before God, saying, yes, you have that in Christ, but should you go back to sin? Certainly not. Verse 2, certainly not. How shall we who, who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, 
we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. I love it. For you to come to Jesus, there is death and resurrection. Every Easter, we celebrate the death and the resurrection of Jesus. Do you celebrate your own death and resurrection? Wow, so amazing that when I came to Jesus, I died. And if you tell that to, to someone who hasn't read the Bible or someone who's not a Christian, is like, what are you talking about? Normally, we run from the things that kill us. But then when you come to Jesus, it's like you're dying. But then there's a new life after that. That's not the end of it. How many people do you meet in your work, at your education, wherever you are, with your family members? They like to do everything that they can before they die. For us, it's like death is just the beginning. I'm preparing my life here because I want to do everything I want for eternity. I'll be with Jesus in his glory, in his riches, in his majesty, worshiping him and enjoying everything that he has prepared for me. Are we doing everything that we can before we die? Or are we preparing ourselves for a new creation? That's very important for us. We continue reading here, knowing that in verse 6, that our old man was crucified with him that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. I love it. Death brings freedom. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. And I like that. If death has no dominion over Christ, death has no dominion over us as well. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Has that connection with John, 1 John chapter 2. The person that abides in God lives forever. The person that has been freed from sin, died to sin, he's living for God. We have this freedom in Christ that the world is seeking today. They're trying thousand things. You know, you could go on YouTube, you could go on social media. I went to this high temple somewhere in the middle of the desert or somewhere in Nepal and I felt peace. You know, talk to me about it in a few weeks time when you get back to work. When life comes back in your face, then you'll feel no more peace. There's no peace in that. The world is chasing after peace. We have it. We have it in us. But sometimes we don't like to think in the way of peace. Sometimes we like to put the new creation aside and say, Lord, the mind of the flesh is starting to make more sense to me. Because the world is so evil. But then if we think that way, we're only corrupting ourselves. 
and we're going back to the same thing that was holding us captive, and that is sin. Paul is calling us in Romans chapter 6. He's saying, don't go back to that. You've been saved by grace. The Lord loves you so much and cares so much about you that he doesn't want you to go back to your old vomit. Come back and live a life of freedom in Jesus. That's important for us. I want to continue from there. That if we are experiencing these things in our lives, whether it's worries, anxieties, whether it's feeling a life of failure, right? Sometimes we feel like life is not getting me anywhere. We need to remind ourselves, why are we thinking this way? Where are these thoughts coming from? Are they part of what God has created new in us? Certainly not. What God has placed in us comes from his very core nature, the very fruit of the spirit that we have in us. And that was something that we were discussing on Friday night. The Holy Spirit, his gifts, his fruits, his ministry in our lives is so important. When the Holy Spirit comes, there's a different atmosphere. When there is a different atmosphere, there's a new way of thinking. There's a new way of feeling. Our hearts and our minds are no longer the same. We're thinking the way God intended us to think. And that's so important for us. So I'm encouraging you. Stop listening to the dying man that is inside of you. Let him die. Let him rot. We want to live in the newness of life. The old dying man is grumpy. He's always full of worry and anxiety. I'm dying. I need to hold on to you. Come with me. No, thank you. I want to be with Jesus. Jesus has freed me from this old dying person. I am living a new life in him. And I will continue to do so. I won't let a temptation of the devil to come and say, why don't you go back to your old life? There is things that your flesh desires. Yes, there are. But that will lead me to death. There's a moment of satisfaction. But it has a really dark side to it. Paul continues in Ephesians chapter 4. If we can go there, guys. This is so important for us. I wish that we can just meditate on these passages to see what God has done for us. See, when we are speaking about a new creation, it's not like God took something that is dirty in us and said, you know what? I'll just blow it away. It's going to look cleaner now. No, no, no. So I'm going to get rid of it because it's dying and I want to create something new. When God created the heavens and the earth, he created it out of nothing. He said, and it was. When God is creating a new thing in you, it's not something that was dirty that's becoming clean. No, he's making you, he's killing the old flesh and he's creating something new. We are being resurrected into something new. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 to 24. And this is the title of this is actually the new man. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord 
that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their minds, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God. This is the life of sin, by the way. Because the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their hearts, who being past feeling, having given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ. Wow. If you don't know what new creation is, you don't know who Christ is. You haven't experienced Christ. If indeed, <clears throat> if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Putting that away is this old man that is being corrupt, that is, being die, that is dying. Verse 23, and being renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. The old man is dying. The new man is created by God and it is according to the will of God and it abides in holiness and righteousness. As much as me and you are looking for this new heaven and new earth, we need to stop and think for a second. God has created me to be new. Today, I don't need to wait for the future. Today, right in this very moment, if you have Jesus in your heart, if you have accepted him as your Lord and your Savior, if your sins have been forgiven, you are a new creation. You don't need to wait for the future. The decisions all belongs to us. Do I really want to go back to my old corrupted ways? And that's a decision that you have to make daily. It's not just once that I have rejected it and now I'm a new creation. I'm thinking in the mind of the spirit, as he says in verse 23, right? We've been renewed in the mind of the spirit and it's the, the flesh is no longer bothering me. No. I like how Paul puts it. He's, he's not saying that the old man is dead. He's saying the old man is dying. So he's still got the, a bit of fight in him. Uh, if I'm going to die, I'm going to drag Martin down with me. I'm going to drag Sandy with me. I'm going to drag the rest of the church with me. Someone has to come with me. It doesn't have to be this way. We have Jesus in our lives. Our new creation is our status in Christ. This is who we are. Just like you go in uh, Romans 6, that we are slaves to righteousness. That's our status. But that doesn't mean sin doesn't come and bother us. So if we have this status in Christ, why don't we live it out? Why aren't we not proud of it? Why don't we go to the world and say, by the way, this whole world is dying, but I have Jesus in me. I will pass into eternity. 
Sometimes we come as Christians as afflicted, as sometimes we're living in suffering. And these are all passages in the Bible. We've spoken them on them on Friday nights. We went through First Peter. But doesn't mean we don't have the mind of Christ in them. Doesn't mean that we can pass through them as a new creation. We can. So I'm encouraging you today. Don't die like the flesh. Live and be always renewed in God. Because sometimes sin comes and pollutes us and has its way with us. And as we are walking with Christ, sometimes we take detours in life. We come and we're walking with Christ. We're holding hands and we feel like, I know where I am. I know I'm in the right place. This is my purpose. This is the will of God in me. And then we see things in the world. And then we follow the things in the world. And then we look at our hands like, where is Christ? But Christ is always there with us. Whether you sense it or not, whether you feel it or not, whether you see it or not, he's always there with us. Even in these tough times, he will show and reveal himself to us. I want to take us to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 to 18. I'm sharing a lot of these passages, but you, I'm sure now you can recognize that they all speak the same message. They all have the same language. They all have the same terms in them. Newness, new creation, new mind, all corrupted ways. Things of the old are dying. Things that are new in Christ are going to be renewed and are eternal. And we see that all over the Bible. So this is not like a, you know, Paul guessed it or John guessed it and they got it right. No, no. It's the intention of the Holy Spirit. The New Testament is inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's not Paul's opinion. It's not Peter's opinion. It's God's opinion. And we take that very seriously. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 to 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart. And I'm encouraging you, don't lose heart. Whatever you're going through. Often we hear that line and we're like, but... You give me that line, but, but my family is difficult. My work is difficult. My financial situation is difficult. But, 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 but. The Holy Spirit is saying, don't lose heart. Can you trust in his word? It's hard. I've lost someone so dear to me. My marriage is falling apart there don't lose heart my life is a mess but nobody in the church knows about it because I'm so ashamed to say something or I'm so scared don't lose heart it's in the Bible don't lose heart and we're here for you please don't keep your burden to yourself it's interesting we we did a podcast um, last Saturday and we were talking about carrying our cross and we mentioned one thing. We said we are actually there to help carry each other's cross as well. Galatians 6, carry each other's burdens. We're here. If you feel like your cross is too heavy for you, guess what? My shoulder is here to help you out. We're here for you. Please 
don't lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, see, it's dying. It's not dead yet, it's dying. And it wants to drag us with it. Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. So amazing. You have a tough day, you have a tough week, guess what? Jesus is ready to renew you today. He's saying day by day. I'm taking God for his word. He's not saying, I'll come back in a year. You just have to deal with your problems now. But then I'm going to renew you in a year. No, 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 no. Every day. Every day, God gives you the opportunity to be renewed. Not my words. I'm not giving you that promise. It's the Bible giving you that promise. The spirit that is inside of you saying, I'm going to deal with you today. Because the person that's in you, Martin, is greater than anything you're going to be facing today. I'll tell you that. That's something I was teaching my children about almost a week ago. I said, Christian, he's seven, he understands a bit more. Christopher, it's hard to get his attention at the moment. <laughs> I said, Christian, if you have Jesus in your life, what does that mean? That means I'm going to go to heaven. Okay, that's great. But do you have the Holy Spirit in you? Yes, yes, because that's what you taught us. It's in the Bible. I said, okay, is the Holy Spirit, and I'm using kids' language here, I'm like, is the Holy Spirit stronger than an elephant? It's like, well, he's God, so he must be stronger than an elephant. I'm like, okay, cool, but is he stronger than a rocket? He's like, yeah, he's the strongest. I said, okay, so do you think that's what's inside of you, Christian, is stronger than anything in this world? And that was like a light bulb moment for him. He's like, yes. I said, then you shouldn't be scared. He got it. If a seven-year-old got it, I'm sure we can too. Just remember the promise in the Bible. Every day, God has an opportunity to renew you. That's what a new creation is all about. That the creator himself is like, well, that's tarnished. There's some pollution there. I'm going to make it new. And I will always make it new. It's part of my promise. For our light affliction, verse 17. Never think of your afflictions to be something that is overbearing. It's light comparing to God. To us, it's like, whoa, that's heavy. God's like, yeah, well, I've got people around you. They're going to be helping you out. They're going to carry that cross with you. They're going to walk that journey with you. They're there for you. They are my servants. They love me. And guess what? They love you too. I want you to look around now. Please look around. You see those faces around you? Could you say, I love you? Do you love each other? We love each other, right? See, in a congregation that's this big, in a worldly uh, atmosphere, and see if they can all love each other. They're going to have something against each other. But for us, we always over, overlook our sins towards each other and say, you know what, I'm going to love this person. Jesus died for that person. He's my brother, sister in Christ. I'm going to be with them for eternity. 
They are, we are one with each other. John 17, just like me and you, Father, are one. That's Jesus praying, saying, I want them to be one with each other. And I want them not only to be one with each other, I want them to be one with us. What? That relationship that the Father and the Son share with each other, they want to share that with us? Talk about a new creation. Light afflictions, which is but for a moment. That's why we said people try and cram everything that they can do in this world, in this current life, only 60 to 80 years. Compare, compare that to a million years or billion or trillions of years in eternity, even though maybe time doesn't work that way. But there is no end to it. These afflictions are light. These afflictions are but for a moment in verse 17 is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Wow. It's, it's one thing to say, hey, it's working for something that is glorious. It's another thing to say it's going to be exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Do you see how Paul is emphasizing eternal life? eternal glory when he's speaking about afflictions but for a moment light when he's speaking about glory it's exceeding it's got this huge way to it you're gonna see the difference it just takes five seconds to get into heaven that you recognize whoa what was i doing in my old life i was maybe too busy making a million or two. I was too busy getting a better car. I was too busy um, trying to pull my social media more and more, getting more likes. Uh, I missed all this on earth. I could have been enjoying this on earth because I'm part of this new creation. So when God is taking you, you who are in Christ and putting you into a new heaven and new earth, guess what? The oldest new creation is you. You're, you're going to be older than the new earth and the new heaven. Right? That makes you old. I'm going to say that. <laughs> Verse 18. While we do not look at the things which are seen, which I was just describing, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Maybe one of the ways that we don't feel this new creation in us is when we look in the mirror. You're like, God, I don't feel like a new creation there. I'm getting older. And trust me, like, uh, I, I can see this from a mile away. I'm going to hear God. I don't feel like a new creation. It's not what's seen that's going to be eternal. What you see around you is temporary. So imagine this, fighting for seats, fighting for a pulpit, fighting for the mic. All these things will perish. The most important thing in this church is you. Jesus didn't come and die for anything else. You were the only thing that was worth dying for. Don't let that go to waste. Don't say, wow, such a blessing, but thank you, Lord. I want to go to the old corrupted man that is dying. I want to go back to my old self. I encourage you, don't. 
Don't look back. Just like Sodom and Gomorrah. Run away from it. Don't even look back. What did Lot's wife do? Look back. It's like you had one thing to do. Just one thing to do. Don't look back. But you know what? It wasn't by accident. Her heart wasn't changed. Her desires were there. She's like, I'm leaving it, but that's where I belong. Is that you? I don't think so. I think you have a desire that just wants to look forward to Jesus. Say, Jesus, wherever the road takes me in this life, I don't care. I'm new in you, and whatever comes my way, it's like affliction. That's, that's something that the devil gets annoyed. Because he's pouring out everything that he has on you. And the Bible says, well, guess what? That's light. You know, like you have, if you've been to the gym and you see someone struggling to pick up weights. And, you know, some random guy just comes, picks it up. You know, easy, light, puts it away. You're like, wait, that was embarrassing. God is embarrassing the devil. He's saying, whatever you're going to throw at my people, guess what? It's going to be light. And not because they are strong, because their spirit inside of them. And what I've done to change them and make them something new, that's what's going to make them see these things as light. I want to leave you with that. Let's pray together. Lord God, we have thousands of problems in our lives. But we come here today because we believe in your promise. We believe in your word. And we have experienced this new creation that you have made in us. I just pray, Lord God, that we do not fall into these temptations where we look back to the old dying flesh and find it desirable. Kill these desires that are in us, these desires of the flesh. And let us recognize who we are in you. Let us recognize who we are in Christ. Change us. And every day, Lord God, remind us and be with us that as tough as our life is, you are every day there renewing us. That is your promise. And let us look forward, Lord God, not to the things that we can see with the naked eye. No but open our eyes in the spirit so we can see things that are eternal. And so we can focus on the things that are eternal and serve you to glorify everything that you have done in our lives. Lord God, you alone deserve all of our effort, all of our attention, every breath that we have, belongs to you. And as your psalm says, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We glorify you in the name of Jesus. Amen.